0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to AgileCast, a podcast for the Agile community from the community of ZACT. ZACT is a group of passionate Agilists who talk, live and breathe Agile. One of our core values and passion is sharing of knowledge and giving back to the community. We organize the biggest Agile meetup in North India and we also publish newsletters and a magazine titled Agile Quest. And last but not the least, we also publish a lot of blogs and papers and case studies. Of late, we fell in love with the format of podcasts and decided to come up with Agile Cast. We will be picking up trending topics, pertinent questions relating to the world of Agile and product development and share our experiences here. AgileCast is an attempt to strengthen and enrich the community and try making Agile a Zach science. This is our first episode and when it came to deciding on the topic of the first podcast, quite frankly, we started off with brainstorming and landed up with a huge list of items. We were not sure and we were so confused on where to start from. We then realized at the end of the day, what's the aim of this podcast? The idea to develop a community of passionate and interconnected agile practitioners that can be built on shared experiences. So yeah, that's it. Communities of practice are an Inherent, inseparable, and central part of practicing agile. So, let's start our first episode of Agile Cast talking about communities. Sometimes of I like to go back to my childhood and remember those days which were really stress free and when there was more to do but less to think about. Don't we all love to remember those days? A few days back, I was thinking about my school friends whom I'm lucky to often speak with and about the groups that were dominant even within our class. How randomly people with seemingly no connections at all got together and created a lifelong bonding with each other and it stuck me, it wasn't random. We have not connected by accidents, but by common interests. Let's look back into your lives right now. Think of those moments, your childhood memories, and try and answer some of the following questions. What are memories of the past that come to your mind when I talk about your childhood? Do you recognize and recollect some of your friends what are common between you and them are you still connected with them if you are lucky you feel blessed and have the gratitude for such continued relationships in your life what makes your relationship with those bunch of people what are the characteristics that brought you to the closest pact of friends that you built over a period of time. Did you all have something in common? Let's take a 15 seconds of silence here so that you can think of some answers to these questions. Were you able to recollect your close-knit group of friends within your class or something similar or maybe in and around your home otherwise? Try and take some time to look at commonalities among those little kids at that tender age because the answer to these questions will be very essential to understanding the things we are going to discuss from your context going ahead. How were those groups or communities formed? When we first understand what communities are in a technical sense. Communities can be defined as a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristics in common. Community of practice is a group of people who share a concern or a passion for something. They do and learn how to build it better as they interact regularly. This definition reflects the fundamental social nature of human learning. A community of practice refers to groups of people who share the same passion or interest and gather together to practice collective learning. This gathering in today's context could be online between people who do not know each other or could be at a workplace, a religious place, a university or a gym. Basically, communities of practice or COPs are applicable to all areas of life and if harnessed properly, can lead to amazing results. In the present times, we do not define a COP by location. Modern technology has enabled us to form online communities as well with people whom we do not even know or have met ever, but these communities can be formed solely on common interests and craft. LinkedIn groups or Reddit communities to to a certain extent are good examples of online COPs. Passion and intensity with which people pursue their common interests are the only criteria Let us understand and decipher COPs now. The concept of COPs was first proposed by cognitive anthropologist Jean and educational theorist Wenger in their book 1991 titled Situated Learning. Wenger then significantly expanded on the concept in in his book in 1998, titled Communities of Practice. A very good real life example of Communities of Practice or COP is the COP for doctors. This COP, I strongly believe exists because it not only helps the doctors to come together and get a platform to share their own experiences, and hear from other practitioners, but also it gives them an opportunity to get to know about the latest developments in the field of medicine. The doctors then use this knowledge to practice their profession and help back to the societies by working towards the welfare of their patients. If we look at the history of mankind, we will find COPs, existed since homo sapiens were scavengers. We used to sit around the fire and share our experiences of the hunt, thus learning from each other. Mankind further found agriculture, fishing and other inventions and discoveries over the centuries. To build a society that we are today, but the communities of and practices of supporting each other exists from when our race recovered from a major ailment that made them dependent on others. It's not too far-fetched to say that we owe the growth of civilization to the concept of COP. Hence, I stress, on its importance for an organization and the Cops industry as a whole. are not restricted to us humans alone we can also see that it exists in nature even in other species such as marine wildlife wildlife and even with insects and microbes as well take the example of a pack of lions staying together or ants tirelessly working towards gathering their food or honeybees connect, collecting their honey and storing it in their hives and passing the knowledge from generation to generation. COPs exist even before cognitive anthropologists and educational theorists have put a label on them. It is in fact considered a fundamentally social nature of human beings, but with the increasing number of online communities, along with the increasing need for knowledge management across organizations and businesses, there has been much interest lately. COPs can be defined in part as a process of social learning it occurs when people collaborate over an extended period of time to share ideas and strategies and determine solutions currently COPs are viewed as a way of promoting innovation facilitating sharing and transfer of knowledge and improving processes. A COP is a very broad term. It can be used to refer to any group of people from academics who are in process of creating a new curriculum or students completing their science project to a group of engineers developing a new technology and a network of scientific researchers Exploring novel, how well it's techniques. important to remember that not all communities are considered COPs. For one to be considered as a COP, three characteristics are crucial domain, community, and practice. I repeat, it's domain, community, and practice. Domain, a community of practice is not simply a group of individuals or a network of connections. They must share a common interest. In an organizational context, membership to a COP entitles a commitment to the domain. The commonality of interest could be based on their profession. Typically, in an IT company, it could be a COP for Uh, developers, maybe even for the specialized for Java developers, for uh, Microsoft developers, for database or Oracle developers and things like that. And it could also be um, in other industry verticals, it could be something like uh, tech startup executives, community, bankers, professors, etc. Community when you talk about the second characteristic is about community. It's sharing a common interest is not enough. A necessary component of COP is the regular interaction of the members. They have to engage in shared activities such as forums, seminars, reviews, experiments, etc. COP cultivates relationships that will help members grow and develop merely being a part of a team is not enough to be considered a COP. A group of technicians working from the same company is not considered a COP, although they share a common domain. Without engaging in activities such as promoting collective learning, these groups are simply called as teams or departments. In this book, of Wenger, Communities of Practice, Wenger cited impressionist painters who occasionally meet with one another to discuss their painting styles. He notes that even though these people painted alone or have their individual painting careers and not in any way associated professionally, they interacted regularly. An important component of a community of practice. Third point, practice. COPs are not just group of people with a common interest who meet regularly to discuss things and engage in various activities. The third and the most notable component of COP is that they have to be practitioners of their field. As the community evolves, members develop a shared repertoire of resources designed to facilitate learning and knowledge transfer. These resources could include stories, collaboration tools, and approaches to problem solving, utilize a variety of methods to develop their practice. These could include problem solving, coordination with other members, discussing developments, mapping knowledge, reusing assets, and identifying knowledge gaps. COP is currently applied in various organizational settings as an important tool for the promotion of best practices, spreading existing knowledge, and even the development of products and services. According to Wenger, learning is crucial to human identity. And when individuals actively participate in the practices of social communities, they learn and develop skills. Furthermore, when they are motivated to become a central part of the community, they're much more willing to learn and share their knowledge whether it is through our profession or trade, working colleagues, organizations or even leisure interests. Nearly every one of us is part of a COP or maybe even more than one, sometimes unintentionally. The major purpose of COP is the generation of a newer or deeper level of knowledge through the activities and collaboration of let us now it's understand serious. why we need to foster and inculcate cops and how do they benefit an organization cops have long been used in health and educational field as an effective strategy for creating practice guidelines in the business world The roles of communities of practice is mainly observed in knowledge management framework. As knowledge management evolves, the need for an effective framework has been very apparent among organizations. Communities of practice can help probably in the following five ways. One, generate new lines of products or services. 2. Spread best practices among employees. 3. Solve problems. 4. Develop professional skills. And 5. Help companies find and retain talent. Employee engagement perspective can be improved by working on retaining talent. Organizations use COPs to build a strong pact among its employees to help them have a sense of belonging and to effectively increase its chances of success as compared to its competitors. For example, a COP in the new organization would ease up adaptation stages for new joiners, serve as a mentor in understanding their role, most important of all, explain how their work is essential to the company and obtain a sense of belonging through the help of COPs. Projects with community backing are executed usually faster because employees have some sort of buy-in. COPs also help companies recruit and retain talent COPs foster learning culture inside the organization a culture of innovation and collective thinking culture of innovation companies are faced with so much pressure to generate new ideas from new product lines to marketing concepts thus they are compelled to explore different methods to gain meaningful insights. To meet the ever-changing demands of modern consumers, businesses understand the importance of innovation as an open and collaborative process. The emergence of online communities of practice enabled companies to generate innovative ideas by integrating customer insights and feedback in developing product and marketing concepts. Company sponsored communities have sprung which did not allow only businesses to seek better connections with customers, but also help them strengthen their brand, increase loyalty and raise brand awareness. Apart from generating excitement among customers. Examples that I could quote are Nike, Dell, Adobe, among the tech giants that utilized communities of practice to build their brand and enhance customer engagement. The other aspect that I also mentioned was about collective thinking. Thinking together has become the mantra for many organizations for improving processes, product lines, workflows, and more. Identifying best practices within a company is not easy for several reasons. I could probably quote top two of them that come to my mind. Firstly, there is a huge gap between what things look like in a manual and what things are in reality and second there is a major difference between what employees think they do and what they are really now going do. to take you through two examples from the corporate world a famous example of how COP can be used in sharing best practices is that of Xerox, customer service representatives. From the process perspective, customer service representatives needed to follow a certain steps to resolve various issues. For example, when the customer calls, the representative checks out the nearest help center, searches for the ways to fix the error, report the machine status, documents and follows the instructions for fixing it. Surprisingly, when Julian, Orr, who was then an anthropologist at Xerox Palo Alto Research Center, compared what this customer service representatives actually do versus what they were supposed to do as per the manual or as per the book, he found out that the techies were more successful when they departed from formal processes. What have they done differently that helped them resolve customer issues in a much more effective way? Turns out during breakfast, the reps at Xerox shared and even generated new ideas into difficult problems by asking questions sharing ideas, telling about their mistakes, discussing changes in their work, and exchanging insights on how they can address customer issues more effectively. Julian Orr also realized that those quick talks during the breakfast are worth hours of training. My next example comes from Paragon a pharmaceutical organization. Having spread across the world, they realized over a period of time, they have developed a lot of subject matter experts or SMEs all over the world. However, these people do not know each other and didn't have the tools to collaborate and contribute to problem solving. The company knew that the shared knowledge between these specialists or SMEs is vital in reducing the cost associated with its manufacturing and operations. With this, Paragon created a problem solving community, which involved working with teams to identify technical areas to address and share best practices to solve issues. By connecting teams from various geographical boundaries to collaborate and share knowledge, Paragon saved thousands of dollars due to reduced downtime for manufacturing processes and equipment. Determining damaged equipment, fixing technical issues, and solving similar problems became possible because of their community of SMEs. How do SMEs? COPs help organizations create value for both their employees and the organization? These communities help create tangible results like faster access to information, reduced cost, improved skills, improved workflow, new methodologies, new products, and many other form of innovation. More importantly, COPs lead to intangible outcome, like the relationships built among people and a sense of belongingness. Within a company, employees can get immediate help with various problems and spend less time looking for solutions or information. By simply listening to the experience and perspective of peer members, members of the COE are able to devise better solutions and make better informed decisions. Since members feel supported by the community, they are more likely to try new things and take some risk. As long as a long term value, COPs significantly contribute to the organization's long-term strategy and drive growth and success by addressing the need for professional development, helping employees keep abreast of new developments in their field. And it also helps get meaningful insights from customers and employees in creating a new product and or a marketing concept. COP enables companies to create better strategies by promoting collective learning. Members can propose what strategies they think to deliver, would deliver value to the organization while directly benefiting from their participation. The COPs are not only limited to solving problems, meeting the company's objectives and prevent malicious actions from your competitors. COPs can also help you to reduce assets that can lessen your expense. Discussing developments, identifying and resolving gaps. I'm gonna be now talking about Hayward Packard or HP. The COP at HP holds monthly teleconferences that aim to minimize downtime for customers, particularly in computers. Then they had detected several problems they were able to address and resolve the issues. As a result, they have come up with a consistent pricing scheme for the HP sales team. Another example would be of the World Bank with over 130 office locations worldwide and 189 member countries the world bank is indeed one of the most successful businesses of our generations today one of their secrets in embracing the advantage along with the risks of putting communities of practice in their company wenger has stated that managers cannot manipulate the cop however The following action should be done to nurture the COPs. I would lay them down in three points. Point number one, we have to provide infrastructures needed by the communities to be able to meet up their objectives and be productive. These infrastructures may come as information, supplies, a lot of time for discussions, and Maybe even as simple as providing conference rooms our uh, bridge numbers and so forth, so on and so forth. Point number two, keeping things simple and informal since all members of the COP have their professional obligations to the company and providing them just minimal responsibility is highly recommended. Do not force them to overwork and let their creativity and ideas flow in their way. Have the decency to give them the privilege of expressing their thoughts. Requiring the community of practice members to attend several meetings in just one day makes them feel exhausted and unproductive. Appreciating and identifying the efforts of the members of communities of practice will motivate them. Remember the first reason you gathered them all and allow them to be part of the COP. A simple gift certificate from a related event on their domain or allow them to have at least one free day to discuss and execute their ideas makes them more valuable in the company. That was point number three. I would like to Also, quote the book from Daniel Pink, which talks about, which was titled Drive, and it talks about three key things that most of us look for in a job beyond the basic salary, of course, right? We would look for autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Uh, There is also a great video on this book on YouTube for people who are interested. Moving on, funding can be essential factor for the success of a COP, especially during its formative stages. Using a collaboration tool, conducting workshops, organizing events, designing a website, um, doing a coding dojo or something like a hackathon and other activities can involve significant resources Nonetheless, funding does not always guarantee the participation and enthusiasm of the community members. COP in the World Bank receive little or no funding at all, but they manage to survive and even thrive. They also run and managed by the bank staff who serve as volunteers. The quality of participation is far more important than the funding. I'm going to take the example of another big company, the Boeing, an American multinational corporation that designs and builds airplanes, satellites, rockets, and missiles worldwide, that uses COP to solve problems and enable their employees to help each other and learn together. The communities which are fully supported by the organization were created to establish a learning culture that recognizes individual talents and individual contributions. Their COPs are more like autonomous work groups that are based on reciprocal trust between the members and the group leaders. Another example that I could quote off is Seattle site project management team which is a formal organization that is sponsored and funded. The purpose of this organization and community is raise project management concerns to Seattle area organizations, establish a network of people interested in project management and related topics, solve problems related to network and learn from each other, also to identify issues pertaining to project management and reviewing of strategies, plans, techniques, policies, issues and uh, trends concerning project management and share or support ideas to make them better. Establishing a COP support system enables the community to effectively and efficiently manage programs and activities where each one has the opportunity to share their expertise promote continuous innovation and learning and in collaboration for problem solving a strategy that works well for boeing is creation of a framework that reflects the cop's needs priorities tools operating principles and measure of knowledge management COP can be immense value to any organization. At Shell, COP has saved them 200 million dollars of exploration and production by making sure that teams across the globe have access to the collected experience of the organization. At Buckman Laboratories, COP has cut the time taken to resolve a customer concern from 3 weeks to 3 days by putting up a bulletin board where customer service representatives can post technical queries and answer but what does it take to build a successful cop venture in corporate identifies seven actions that could be taken in order to cultivate COPs. Number one, design the community to evolve naturally. Number two, create opportunities for open dialogue within and with outside perspectives. Number three, welcome and allow different levels of participations. Number four, develop both public and private community spaces. Number five, focus on value of the community. Number six, combine familiarity and excitement. Number seven, find and nurture a regular rhythm of, for the community. Let me take a deep dive into all of these seven areas. The first one, design the community to evolve naturally. The nature of a COP is dynamic. The interests, the goals and the members are subject to change over a period of time. COP forums should be designed to support shifts in focus. Number two, create opportunities for open dialogue within and with outside perspective while members and their knowledge are the COP's most valuable resources. It is also beneficial to look outside of the COP to understand different possibilities of achieving the learning goals. For example, some of the COP members could actually go out and participate in a webinars or other presentations that are happening in their related fields across the globe. And uh, there are lots of opportunities in nowadays, even online. So you can do it from the comfort of your home. Third point, welcome and allow different levels of participation. In any group, you can't look at everybody to be a a forefront runner or a front-end player. So, Wenger actually identifies three levels of participation. This includes one who's a leader of the pact, one who's part of the pact, and one who is a little bit lacking and passive participant. So he talks about three different groups. The core group who participate intensely in the community through discussions and projects, this group typically takes on leadership roles in guiding the group. So that's the first group. The second one is the active group who attend and participate regularly, but not to the level of leaders. The peripheral group who, while they are passive participants in the community, still learn from their level of involvement and commitment. Wenger notes, the third group typically represents the majority of the community. The fourth point out of the seven points that I was talking about is develop both public and private community spaces. While COPs typically operate in public spaces where all members share, discuss, and explore ideas, they should also offer private exchanges. Different members of the COPs could coordinate relationships among members and resources in an individualized approach based on specific needs. There could also be some close-knit groups being formed with a strategic objective in mind. Number five, focus on the value of the community. COPs should create opportunities for participants to explicitly discuss the value and productively of their participants in the group. Number six, combine familiarity with excitement. COPs should offer the expected learning opportunities as part of their structure and opportunities for the members to shape their learning experience together by brainstorming and examining the conventional and radical wisdom relating relating to their topic. Last but not the least, number seven, find and nurture a regular rhythm for the community. COPs should coordinate a thriving cycle of activities and events that allow for the members to regularly meet reflect and evolve. The rhythm or pace should maintain an anticipated level of engagement So sustain the vibrance of the community, yet not be so fast-paced that it becomes unweirdly and overwhelming in intensity. Now that we have seen these seven steps of uh, creating a cohesive or conducive environment for creating and incubating a COP, let's look at the steps to be taken for starting off a COP. There are seven steps that I would say are critical or important. The first one being defining goals and strategies. Second, culture fitting. Third, promoting the community values to members. Fourth, leading the community. Fifth, ensuring open communication. Sixth, managing knowledge. And seventh, establishing ways of working. The COP is not just a ordinary circle of friends or community group within the company that anyone can join for as long as admins allow them to be part of. Identifying what is the COP based on Wenger, a theorist, helps you prevent it from becoming a normal group on social media platforms. Let's deep dive into these seven points. First one, defining goals and strategies. A successful community of practice shares common characteristics. One is that they have a clear purpose like any other team within an organization Building a COP starts by identifying its objectives, whether it is about increasing efficiency on answering customers' disputes or advancing product marketing, improving the manufacturing process, or people need to know what the community is all about so that they can decide whether to participate or not and whether the community will help them thrive professionally. When defining the goals of the community, organizations should address domain related concerns, such as what specific topic does the community want to address? How are these topics relevant to the organization? What kind of influence will the community have on the organization? who will assume the leadership in the COP. They should also tackle community related concerns like who will be the member of the community? How will new members be introduced? How often will the community meet? Or how will the members connect? And how will they resolve conflicts? Lastly, practice related concerns which could be um, answering three questions. How will the community share, store, use and update knowledge? How will they evaluate the effectiveness of the community? And how are they going to ensure continuous communication between the members? Point number two, culture fitting. After the goals and the strategies have been defined, the next thing that leaders need to do is to ensure that the community of practice creates a culture that resonates with that of the entire organization. While COPs have their own methodologies, ways of working together and manners of communicating, the people that make the communities are still part of the organization. Successful communities work with the grain of their organization, not against it. Number three, promoting the community's value to members. It is very important to remember that the value COPs bring in to the organization is not and will not be the reason for the active involvement and support of the members. Rather, it is the COPs value to them as individual practitioners. Thus, a very crucial step in building a COP is demonstrating its benefits to its members. How will the community help achieve their goals? How will it make their lives better? How will it help them develop professionally? Whatever the benefits are, they need to be communicated clearly to the potential members. Number four, leading the community. Even though the COPs have a natural free-flowing nature of communication and working together, there has to be a strong leader who will encourage continued participation and involvement of the members like Other social communities, COPs are often set up with great enthusiasm and excitement. But as time passes, things get a little less interesting for the members and participation in the community of practice starts fading out. Community leaders have the most important role in the community. They are those who network within the community and find members and encourage members to participation by facilitating activities. Leaders also known as the moderators or facilitators are responsible for not only keeping the members engaged but also ensuring that the community is serving its purpose and right. They see to it that relevant activities are lined up, members are regularly interacting with each other and practice or knowledge sharing resources are updated regularly. Point number five, ensuring open communication. An appropriate medium of communication is indispensable in a community of practice, especially if members don't have the means to meet regularly in person to conduct meetings and activities. Specifically, the communication platform should serve as an ongoing learning and collaboration venue for the members. It should also provide means to capture and transfer knowledge and best practices. Open communication should also foster and innovative approach to help members address specific issues. Providing a place for members to work together with tools like video conferences, messaging, file sharing, scheduling, etc. Experts suggest that to make the community to work, individual members should receive twice as much benefit as the efforts they have put in number six managing knowledge sharing and preserving knowledge is vital to the community of practice the way members learn is through storytelling based on real life experience and examples valuable insights can be obtained from daily chatters and thus there has to be an efficient way to compile and codify the shared knowledge so the entire community can learn too. There are various ways to manage knowledge transfer within COPs. Use of project management or agile ways of collaboration platform is one. It can also be as simple as putting a bulletin board while the leaders or facilitators is usually the one assigned to record and update the knowledge The best practices shared, the task can be assigned to someone else. Point number seven, establishing ways of working. So many COPs are created without identifying the ways of working. While COPs thrive more in a loose horizontal structure, it is important to agree on some important things, such as how and who. Often should they how often should they um, should the members meet? What are the benefits and obligations of each members? How will disengagements or disagreements be resolved? Members should know what to expect before joining the community. Some communities of practice have a tight controlled membership that requires individuals to have a certain level of subject matter expertise as well before they can be part of them. Meanwhile, there are communities with an extremely open membership. That membership is simply deciding to be part of it. Ensuring continuous interaction without regular interaction, communities of practice ceases. With the advent of digital technology, most communities often operate online. Members have access to knowledge whenever and wherever they need. Nonetheless, face-to-face interactions are still necessary. COPs thrive not only because of knowledge that members expect to gain, but also because of relationships they build. Communities of practice are undoubtedly great venues for knowledge sharing, but in order for COPs to succeed, they require a solid foundation. Furthermore, as the community develops, more facilitation support, any form of organization needs to get established, sustain and grow. We have spoken about how to establish and create the bylaws and form a community of practice. Let's talk about how to sustain a community of practice? And what are the five key points that we need to look at? Number one, determine its purpose. Number two, define membership. Number three, enable coordination and support. Number four, develop online and in-person engagements. Number five, evaluate and measure. Let's understand these points. Determining its purpose, the first and foremost Step in creating a community of practice is defining its purpose. In addition to knowledge sharing, many companies capitalize on COPs to solve specific problems, develop, validate, and disseminate best practices, and lastly, to innovate. Define memberships. Memberships may be drawn from specific department or from across teams. It can also include individuals from different organizations. As an example, CEOs from different startups could probably form a COP to have a collaborative growth strategy that they could discuss, uh, maybe specific to the industries or share inputs from different verticals, business verticals, so on and so forth. The scope and purpose of the community should be explained prior to inviting members so that they can decide whether the community is of any relevance to them. Identifying operating principles in addition to the scope and purpose defined by the leaders or executive. The community of practice needs to have its own specific goals, which can be determined by conducting a survey asking employees or team members about their personal goals and expectations. Develop online and in-person engagements. Third, enable coordination and support. Each community of practice requires initial support and facilitation. A coordination or a coordinator will take care of determining venues for meeting Maintaining the communication platforms and providing administrative support. Fourth point, develop online and in-person engagement. Coming up with dynamic communities that promote interaction and networking between its community members is critical to their success. Connections. Can happen in both real and virtual environment. Successful communities of practice participate in events, whether online or offline, to exchange tips, solve problems, explore new ideas, etc. Through these events, members can tangibly, tangibly experience what it takes to be part of the community. Number five, evaluate and measure. It's hard to tell whether a community of practice has been successful or not without facilitating an evaluation method, which could involve getting feedback from its members. The evaluation should include determining levels of participation of members, their attendance in the meetings, outputs achieved, uptake and usage of tools, Member satisfaction. Let's also talk about closing of communities of practice. A communities of practice may be closed when they are no longer serving their purpose or already achieved their purpose or have departed from their agreed goals. To formally close the community, members need to be consulted, informed about it, and if necessary through meetings as well additionally members contribute contributions should be recognized let me summarize what we have seen communities so far. of practice are powerful learning frameworks modern organizations capitalize on them to facilitate the transfer of knowledge and best practices involve techniques and strategies innovate promote professional development among its members and develop new products and services. Unlike regular teams, business units, and work groups, COPs are driven by the members' innate desire to learn and develop their skills. In many cases, they're formed naturally out of lunch breaks or daily chatters, while individuals get to tell stories and their personal experiences in solving problems at work cops have immensely benefits to an organization however they have to be given the support in order for them to thrive primarily cop needs to define their structure goals and objectives ways of working membership and policies operating principles and means of collaboration Leaders and executives have a key role in management of COPs. While funding is not always necessary, it can be helpful in providing the community with tools to facilitate the sharing of knowledge and best practices, such as user, using an LMS or a project management program and things like that. Additionally, the community must be culture fit within the organization. Furthermore, leaders and executives should ensure that members are actively participating in their community through virtual and face-to-face interactions. Members need to see the benefits that they can gain from being part of the community more than benefits that the organization will have. They don't need close monitoring as it can hinder the free flowing nature of interactions while it is essential in promoting and acquiring. COP is just the beginning of the journey. COP are great tools to facilitate the knowledge sharing and best practices in your company. But we think it's not enough. What your organization needs is a holistic approach to drive strategy, alignment, knowledge sharing, and speed to market in order to grow and scale your organizations successfully. Looking at the way the projects are being dealt today, it's important for me to also speak about how COPs are, can be managed using Agile manifestos, values and principles. The first and third value, which are individuals and interactions over process and tools and customer collaboration over contract negotiation, basically highlights the importance of the interactions and the collaboration that you need to have, not only as a team and as an organization, but also with your associates and partners and your customers. Look at this scale agile framework, say 5.0. The continuous learning culture competency has been described as a set of values and practices that encourages not only the individuals, but also the enterprise as a whole to continually focus on increasing knowledge, competency, performance, and innovation. This is achieved by becoming a learning organization, committing to relentless improvement and promoting a culture of innovation. When we talk about learning organization, we're talking about five aspects to it, which includes personal mastery, shared vision, team learning, mental models, and systems thinking. Relentless improvement is about plan, do, check and adjust. And keep repeating this as cycles. Innovation culture is all about having innovative people who are having the time and space to do innovation. And uh, there is a lot of importance given to experimentation and feedback by using concepts like uh, design thinking or uh, Gemba, which also means um, go and see, and um, also with tools such as Pivot without mercy or guilt. And these innovation steps are being followed as an innovation. Riptide. Measuring the values of the success of COPs is very very critical and important. I would like to quote the example of Mr. James who was the World Bank president who had once quoted, the idea at that meeting helped me persuade the customer to continue to buy our services. Thanks to the advice from the community, I got done almost in two days, what normally takes me two weeks. I took a risk because I was confident and I had the backing of my community and it paid off. Based on this statement from the World Bank's president, the best method of measuring the value as well as contributions of the COP is to listen. Listen and thorough understanding of what the COP have prepared and planned will eventually save you and keep you and your company making a better one. Learning organizations have structures that facilitate learning such as boundaries, crossing and openness to establish these practices in a very simple and natural way. The organizational mastery blueprint is designed for product development organizations that understand that the world is ever changing and that learning and adaptation are critical if they are to maintain a competitive advantage. This product is also optimized for companies that require consistent alignment between their executive leadership and delivery teams, particularly companies that wish to build a correlation that drives change without disrupting the entire So this is it for today. This was our basic introduction to COPs. Of course, this topic is an ocean in itself and it's difficult to cover over it in one episode. There is a lot of reading and research that will go on into this before we actually start practicing them at an enterprise level. But if you do have any questions or experiences to share, reach out to me or to Zebia or to this channel so that we can help you out. Thank you and please do follow us on our channel AgileCast and stay in touch.